0: Thank you for tuning in to another Miami Dolphins podcast. You are joined by Jake and Josh as this is the Jake and Josh show. My name is Jake Mendel and joining me as he does each and every episode of another Dolphins podcast. Joshua, Houts. Josh. What's going on today, my friend?
1: Just excited to get to come on here and talk Dolphins football and to a tongue of a low with you guys. Um, and we have Merrick on right Wednesdays with Merrick. So we're back and uh, bigger and better than ever. How have you guys been? Been doing Wednesday well, doing well, back.
2: doing well. Happy to have you guys uh happy, happy to have the trio back together you know what i mean like three amigos three musketeers uh uh the fabulous free birds it's it's us
0: it's been a while nothing is more fabulous than josh's hair let's just let's just get that out of the way right now
1: <laughs> it's a rat's nest that's why i always have a hood up or a beanie on to cover up that uh crazy five head of mine in that hairline oh my god
0: birds just gonna fly out at any second is that what you're saying
1: <laughs> yeah i went to the store once and there was like a piece of some kind of baby food in my hair the entire time. No one told me anything about it. I get home and I'm like to my wife, I'm like, what the hell? You couldn't tell me there was like a puff in my hair. It was embarrassing. People
0: might have treated you nicer though. They must have supposed to have been like that poor guy. He doesn't even see the puff.
1: But they recognize he's my dolphins gear. So they're probably like that dude is so dirty and he comes in here once a week that
0: stuff in his hair, That's what it's like being a dolphins fan living outside of Miami, outside of Florida. It's a very unique scenario. But gentlemen as Merrick said, it's wonderful to have us all back together, and we're going to put all the brainpower we have, all that knowledge into one simple question, and that is why did the Miami Dolphins try or choose to pick up Tua Tagovailoa's fifth-year option? So, Josh, real simple. It's on the tee for you. Why did they pick up Tua Tagovailoa's fifth-year option?
1: So you asked why the Dolphins picked up that option? Is that what the question? Yeah, sorry. I mean, the way I see it is, it was quite simple, right? I mean, you don't really have a definitive answer on him whether or not you want to lock him up long term at this point. Um, you know, you get pick up that fifth year option. I think he's making what twenty three point one seven one million next season, nine million roughly this year. That's $32, $33 dollars. And you just saw Daniel Jones and Geno Smith; uh, they're getting paid that in a season. So it gives the Dolphins two years to decide if Tua is that guy. And um, let's be honest, they didn't have a better replacement there. And the way Tua Tungvaloa has played when he's healthy. I mean, it was a no-brainer in my opinion, and this was the right move because, again, you don't know for sure if he can stay healthy, and until you do, you really don't want to lock him up for long term. But then I guess you could, you know, play devil's advocate and say you do want to lock him up long term before Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and all these other guys get paid. So uh, no-brainer for me. Glad the Dolphins did it, and I loved the reaction on Twitter. All those people weep into tears. I I soaked it all up.
0: Merrick, was it a simple, simple decision for the Miami Dolphins? Because, you know, anytime McDaniel was in front of a mic, anytime Chris Greer was in front of a mic, the question was, are you going to pick up Tua's fifth year option? Obviously a legitimate question, but uh, Dolphins Twitter was in a situation where they took that and ran off the cliff. They were just so horrified. We're not going to pick it up or they were so horrified. They were going to pick it up. But for you, was it ever really a discussion? No, I don't think so. I think the
2: Dolphins have been looking for a franchise quarterback since Dan Marino retired 22, 23 years ago. Uh, and and finally, we saw not even just glimpses, but long stretches of last season where Tua Tonga-Vailoa was, if not the best quarterback in the National Football League, certainly top five, top three even. Uh, I mean, he finished the season with the highest passer rating in the NFL highest deep ball accuracy. Uh hey, hey, this is a fun one. How many touchdown passes did Aaron Rodgers, uh New Jets quarterback or soon to be Jets quarterback, how many touchdown passes did Aaron Rodgers throw last year? Anybody know? 22. 26 touchdown passes. How many did Tua throw? 25. I say 25. 25 and he missed four regular season games and a playoff game. So Tua throws one less touchdown pass than Aaron Rodgers yet if you look at the national media over the last few weeks, everyone's saying that the Jets are a top five team if they add Aaron Rodgers to the squad. So what are they if they add Tua Vailoa to the squad? The the quarterback passing leader, deep ball accuracy leader, only one less touchdown pass than Aaron Rodgers, but played four less regular season games. Damn, they might be Super Bowl favorites, right? So why aren't we looking at the Dolphins that way? But back to your original question, Jake. Yeah. I think it was kind of a, a a no-brainer because you lock him in on that cheap money for a fifth year, like uh Josh said 32 million over the next two years when guys like Geno Smith and Daniel Jones are making $40 million for one season worth of play. Plus, you give yourself two more years to to test the waters. Can Tua stay healthy over that? over that time frame can he avoid the concussions which we just talked about cost him 5 games last season if he can you know without a shadow of a doubt that Tua is the future at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins and i personally think he is i think you know, concussions as somebody who's had plenty of them in the past, uh, they can be kind of a fluke thing and, and people laugh and scoff at the jujitsu training that he's doing right now. But as a coach of professional wrestling, I kind of teach the same thing. I teach people how to fall without hitting their head. That's what I teach them day one. Uh, and that's an important skill to have for anyone who's going to be thrown on the ground multiple times, uh, in a game or or in my case in a match so i think once he learns to do that a little bit better once he learns to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker not hold on to the ball trying to make these super athletic plays he's not the most athletic quarterback in the world Uh, i think he will find himself uh staying healthier and the dolphins will find themselves looking to lock him in for a long-term extension but for right now in the interim You got him locked in for two more seasons at a a relatively cheap price, which is what the Dolphins wanted to do so they could add all these pieces around him and hopefully make a shot at the Super Bowl in the next couple seasons. That would be fantastic.
0: Yeah, you mentioned, I mean, they restructured Jalen Ramsey's contract just for that situation. You know, he's basically on a two-year deal. Obviously, you'd love to see him uh, thrive as a member of the Miami Dolphins, excuse me, for a long time. But until then, you know, you are in this two-year window. Um, I'm a little bit interested to see how this goes because, Josh, I want to ask you. uh, Obviously, there's a lot of things that happen to make Tua really jump jump through the roof, right? You draft Jalen Waddle in the first round. You sign Tyreek Hill. You ignore the tight end position. You ignore the offensive line. Josh, would you be this confident if Brian Flores was still the head coach? Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, I, he completely
1: <laughs> had no he had no idea what he was doing on the offensive side of the ball. It seemed like, you know, for being honest, he tried to hold to a back to a certain degree I know we all got excited that they were you know eating breakfast together watching film but um, I don't think he would have taken this step and you know a lot of people are down on it. you know there are some guys that are upset about this fifth year option but you heard Mike McDaniel say it himself there is no better quarterback for his system with the accuracy the anticipation how quick he does get that ball out you know obviously those hits uh, Cincinnati comes to mind he held onto the ball a little bit too long but he has a quick trigger and he is honestly one of the he's probably the perfect quarterback for what Mike McDaniel is trying to do you know that timing and anticipation type offense but again all that really matters is if he can stay healthy and I guess my biggest uh concern is the fact that they have still not eva- uh, you know brought in a legit right tackle to protect his blind side I know people say you know now they move defensive ends and edge rushers all over the field but um we still don't know what's happening at right tackle there's still question marks at left uh you, yes, know, you, do. At you know
0: exactly and- what's happening at
1: oh, right tackle yeah. Okay, yeah, Austin Jackson, I guess they're going to try that. But, I mean, (laughs) um, yeah, it comes down to, honestly, like Merrick said, you feel like he's the quarterback of the future. The only question that you have is can he stay healthy? And, um, you know, not to be a Debbie Downer, but so far throughout his career, that's been, you know, he hasn't been able to. So we want to see that so bad. And when we finally do see that, you know, then we can feel confident that this is the Dolphins quarterback of the future. um, And we can, you know, then talk about a long-term deal, which at that point, I mean, he's going to be making what, like, 40 45 million dollars a year and in two years from now the way the quarterback market continues to inflate
0: and i want to jump back to the jujitsu thing real quick with you merrick because i I don't want to make this a bigger discussion about playing multiple sports uh but i think social media has played a huge role in the reaction we have to you know hearing that Tua is going to do jujitsu i mean Tua's trainer is on twitter we have so much access to what these people are doing and just as much. We have access to people who have no idea what they're talking about, but that want to respond to what's happening. Um, Nobody wants to bring up the fact there are pictures of Dan Marino doing yoga, like sitting there with like 70 year old guys doing yoga. I mean, it's so important to get your body to understand how to fall different ways. So when you hear he's doing this, do you think that maybe um, it's a situation where, Hey, he played football for so long. It's just time. You got to teach your body to do different things and, and just operate in different ways, I guess.
2: Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a great skill for anyone, like I said, that's being thrown on the ground to have. Learning to tuck your chin when you fall, that's, that's an acquired skill. That's not something you're born knowing how to do because the average human being doesn't get thrown on the ground for a living. Uh, I have the odd vantage point of being someone who was thrown on the ground for a living, uh, so I can kind of relate in that way. Uh, when I was younger, I tell this story, uh, an interesting story to kind of illustrate how important that skill is. When I was younger, uh, I would wrestle on the weekends and I would deliver pizza during the week, uh, in Iowa gets very cold, gets very snowy, gets very icy. So delivering pizza in the winter time can be, you know, kind of a, a a treacherous task, uh, so to speak, uh, one, one night it was snowing. It was icy. I got out of my car and and I was heading up the sidewalk to deliver this pizza to this house and and their sidewalk was really icy but i didn't notice so i take a step onto the sidewalk this is a true story i swear to you i take a step onto the sidewalk and i immediately just like a cartoon my feet shoot out from underneath me and i fall backwards much like i would do in a wrestling match but because i had the skills or the skill set that I had acquired from being a wrestler, I took a proper, we call it a back bump. It's its essentially just falling down uh, and hitting your back against the mat, or in this case, the icy ground. But I fall backwards. I smack against the ground. But I didn't hit my head because I tucked my chin, as I had been trained to do. I was able to, to get up. I saved the pizza. I actually didn't even drop the pizza. I was able you to get up. You buried the lead. Finish. <laughs> finish. Finish delivering the pizza uh, and and do my job to the best of my ability, which is what Tua will be able to do moving forward once he gets this training where he learns to tuck his chin when he falls. So people can make fun of it on Twitter all they want, whether that's uh, fans of rival teams or even some of our own Dolphins fans, which shame on you, Dolphins fans. Why wouldn't you be rooting for Tua Tonga Bailoa to succeed? Like that's ridiculous in my mind, but but for people who make fun of that, that it's a real thing. It is a real thing. And and if he learns and acquires those skills and he's able to kind of lock it into his brain and it becomes second nature to him, then it will help him going forward. I watched the concussion against Cincinnati. I watched the concussion against Green Bay. And I thought to myself, man, he's just whiplashing down there. If he just learned to fall and tuck his chin he'd be all right and then sure enough that's what he's working on this off season so say what you want about tuatungava loa but he knows and and is willing to put in the work to correct whatever issue it may be. You, you've you seen each offseason that he's been in the NFL. He's been willing to try new things, work on new things, to make himself a better quarterback. And this is just the next thing that he's working on. And I don't really see the difference in Tua learning jujitsu jiu- so that he can learn to fall without hurting himself and other quarterbacks that you've heard about in the past who bring in baseball coaches to teach them how to slide better. I think that was a thing for Eli Manning. I believe that. You know, a decade and a half ago, they had to bring in a, a, a baseball coach to teach him how to slide because he was always uh, leading with his, his head and taking big shots before they changed the rules on that. And he was always taking that. So instead, they bring in a baseball coach. He learns how to slide. And, and uh, you know, he ended up having a, a career where he wins two Super Bowls. So I think we would trade some of that social media criticism for a couple Super Bowl championships.
0: The one thing I've always tried to do, um, and it's really hard to do, so I've never been able to accomplish it, especially with how much access, how much you're trying to learn. I've always wanted to just start following another team just for the sake of understanding how this process works, understanding how teams think, because the Miami Dolphins, breaking news, there's 31 other teams in the league that are like them. So when you think about the fact that, you know, hey, it was what, March, let's say 19th when Tua signed his his, uh, fifth year option. Instead of panicking, why didn't anyone look back at last year? Christian Wilkins signed his right at the end of March. I think that's just something to keep in mind. And, you know, we're we're panicking about, oh, no, paying him $25 million, having him for another year. I don't see any issue with that. I mean, you look around the league and you see what just happened with Daniel Jones. He made the Giants twist their arm in like seven different directions just with his ability to say, hey, you guys need a quarterback? I'm about to be a free agent. And Saquon Barkley, another player who is in a similar situation, I'm about to be a free agent. The only way the Giants can keep both is if, you know, they accept Daniel Jones's demands and his demands of getting paid $45 million. And this is very long-winded. I promise I'm getting somewhere here. But Joshua, when you look at what is doing on the field, you know, Merrick mentioned it. It's been impressive. He has some streaks where he is a top-tier quarterback, and there's no debate. What's the on-field issue that has you a little concerned, like, hey, you know, the fifth-year option makes sense, but once we start talking about long-term deals, Daniel Jones, he has obvious issues, but, but what's your concern with Tua once we're talking on the field?
1: I mean, if we're talking about his straight up skill set, I mean, you kind of saw people on Twitter, you know, alluding to it yesterday. It's the way he, you know, sees plays maybe after the snap, you know, while the plays developing, you know, sometimes he's missing some open reads. You know, we see the videos going around Twitter, um, you know, and then twofold to that. We keep talking about the injuries. I mean, you can say that until you're blue in the face. The concern that you have there. Um, I do like that you brought that up, Jake, that, you know. Christian Wilkins went down to the wire. I think the Dolphins did wait until it was like May 1st or whatever, the very last day they could, you know, exercise that fifth-year option. The Dolphins, though, this time, you know, they're like, we're sick of hearing this shit. We're sick of hearing about the Lamar Jackson rumors. We're sick of hearing that we should go after Aaron Rodgers. We're going to, you know, we're going to take this fifth-year option. I think Barry Jackson said it was one of the earliest, you know, for a team to ever pick up a fifth-year option throughout the offseason. So um, I do think the Dolphins have the utmost confidence in him. But, um, yeah, besides, you know, maybe not seeing things clearly after the ball snapped and you know that could go back to how you know he talks about this vision and you know being you know not being able to see over some of those offensive lines and having to look through those lanes you know maybe that's why he isn't you know seeing things properly after it. but at the end of the day I think You know, besides his play in December, which I guess that's another thing that we should be a little bit concerned about, right? I mean, he, you know, when the season was on the line, when we needed him to play his best football, that West Coast trip was just absolutely dreadful. So I guess between that, you know, maybe not seeing things properly after the snap and the injuries, those would be my biggest concerns. But at the end of the day, if Tua Tungvalu can stay healthy, um, you know, like you both said, this dude was an MVP candidate, led the league with passer rating. He did everything right and continues to get better. And this is, I think, the first season he's going to have the same offensive season staff in place in what, like six or seven years. It's the first time he has continuity there. So um, I think, you know, it'll come down to, to staying healthy. And if he can do that, the rest of the pieces will fall together.
0: Mike Kosicki just was actually talking about that too. He did a podcast before signing with the New England Patriots. And, you know, his big thing is, hey, I've had like six offensive coordinators in five years. Of course, the Dolphins were smart enough to have two offensive coordinators one year. There's three if you want to include Charlie Fry. Uh, but Mike McDaniel spent. He has this great quote that I used recently. He's like, "I spent six months teaching you that Tua does not suck. It took me six months to convince you guys that he is not terrible." So, Merrick, under that impression, under that impression, he stays relatively healthy. Let's say he misses two games over each of the next two years. What is the long term outlook of this team when you have to pay him? Is it going to be a top ten quarterback? I I can argue that he's, I already can say I don't know if he's going to be top five. He might ask for top five money. But what's the outlook for the team when you have to pay two of that much? And, you know, Jalen Waddell uh, is due a contract. Tyree Kill might not be Tyree Kill anymore. You can't pay a left tackle like Tron Armstead to come in and ensure things up. So what is the vision of the team if Miami goes down this road and sticks with Tua long term? Well, yeah, you're right. They're going to have
2: to pinch pennies elsewhere. You know, they're not going to be able to go out there and spend as much as they're spending on their top two cornerbacks uh and that has been something that they've done for bringing in Jalen Ramsey they they did have Byron Jones not last year uh but for for years um prior to that so you're gonna have to pinch pennies elsewhere whether that's on the defense whether that's on um you know running backs which they're kind of already pinching pennies there you know receivers get older Tyreek Hill uh you know is under contract for the next few seasons and, and we'll see what happens with that but I guess I'm not too worried about that right now. I'm worried about the here and now. And I think that's what the Dolphins are worried about right now as well, is is what happens this year, what happens next year. Because I do think that Chris Greer, Mike McDaniel, and the rest of that Miami Dolphins front office feels like this is a nice two-year window where they can possibly win a Super Bowl. And it sounds crazy to say just because we've been so uh, starved uh, for seasons like that in the recent past. But I do think that they feel like this is their two year window. And if, if things go according to plan with this defense, you know, being better with this offense, hopefully getting some, some extra pieces as free agency rolls along, maybe along the offensive line. And if Tua plays like he did last year, but stays healthy, I think the sky's the limit uh, and not the Skyler's the limit, but the sky's the limit. And, Speaking of Skylar, I think we all know that if Tua played in that game against the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs, the Dolphins would have won that game. They lost by 3 points while starting a 7th round rookie quarterback. <laughs> Come on now. And if they win that game, then they go to Kansas City and 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 crazier things have happened in the NFL playoffs. So, I think I think they believe that this is a nice 2-year window and I, and I tend to agree with them.
0: Josh, we have been on Dolphins Twitter for a decade. That how scary is that to hear? gross Um, (laughs) we used to write for a website called cover 32 and i think that's actually how we kind of met and started becoming dolphin fans we were front and center of the ryan Tannehill crusade right there was one year i was livid andy dalton made the pro bowl as an alternative over ryan Tannehill, even though he just went toe-to-toe with the denver broncos and peyton manning the disrespect Do you feel more confident this time around? You know, I'm always one of the guys, we've been here before, this is a trap, we know what's going to happen, but how is this different?
1: I mean, I, I, do feel, I do feel like it's more confident. If you're talking about between Tua and Tannehill, I mean, you keep hearing the comparisons from some of this fan base, right? I mean, I think that is why some might be a little skeptical of giving him that long-term contract because we all remember where we were when, you know, Tannenbaum paid Tannehill out the ass and then that all kind of fell apart. But I do feel like just from a skill perspective, you know, Tua Tagovailoa is a better quarterback than Tannehill and just from the way this team's being built. I mean, it is kind of funny that Merrick's talking about a Super Bowl window when this team hasn't even won a wild card game in, what, 20 years. But it is that team, you know, they are that that good on paper that they could go out there and compete with the best of them. So I, I, I want to say it's different, but then, you know, we've done so many podcasts together where we just keep saying, you know, we're going to see the same old dolphins and somehow, some way, it always comes back to that. It seems. So um, I do feel like it's different. I feel like they got all the pieces in place. I do think they're going to make a legit run like uh, Merrick said, but I can understand why some fans, you know, are a little bit hesitant to, you know, start drinking the Kool-Aid. And as you know, like you said, with Tannehill, I mean, that's the perfect uh, comparison almost to the way that, uh, this whole Tua Tungvaloa situation's playing out. I mean, when he's healthy, there, he's, there's no debate how good he is, but there are still concerns there. We all had concerns with Tannehill, I think, at different points throughout his career. So um, I want to say it's different, but the same old Dolphins fan to me, the guy that, you know, was just as sad back on the cover 32 days as, um, you know, we might be, you know, this time next year. Um, I'm going to wait to see it before I believe it.
0: Man, those, those were the days, you know, you think about it. The Dolphins bring in Tyree Kill. The Dolphins bring in Mike Wallace. What's the difference? (laughs) Merrick, I got to ask you, man, what what does this contract do for this year? I mean, there was a lot of talk about Tua's confidence, right? And and how important that was. You know, he looked in the mirror and asked, did I suck? That type of thing. And, you know, there's a lot of fan bases that will take that as a joke. But the mental side of football is so important. And when you have harsh, heavy teachers for so long, it it kind of builds on your shoulders a little bit. So I'm curious, what does this contract, this fifth-year option do for Tua this year, if anything?
2: No, I I think it does. I I think you're right, Jake. I think it does uh, increase his confidence. Uh, A lot of – I mean, the Dolphins themselves came out and said, Tua's our guy. Tua will be our starting quarterback next year. We believe in Tua. We want to build a team around Tua. We believe he can take us to the promised land. And then everybody on Twitter – uh, at least all the haters. And then even a lot of the national media people kept trying to link them to this quarterback and that quarterback. And oh, they're going to go get Tom Brady, even though Tom Brady retired. Or oh, they're going to go get Lamar Jackson because of his contract situation in Baltimore. And then oh, what if they went and got Jimmy Garoppolo? What if they went and got this dude? And it was like, yo, shut up. They told you they believe in Tua, and then they put their money where their mouth is literally by picking up his fifth year option and guaranteeing him 23 plus million dollars for not this upcoming season, but the season after that. So if I'm to a Loa and I'm hearing all of this from the front office, but then I'm hearing all of this from the national media, because he can say he doesn't listen, but there's people in his circle who do and relay that information back to him. I'm asking myself, man, okay, they're telling me they love me, but do they really love me? And, and, They came to love you, and then rather than later, and hopefully that happens after he stays healthy for an entire season this upcoming year.
0: That's going to be the big question. You know, we always, we always, we always will go back to the health. But to kind of just speak to his confidence a little bit, Josh, did you see Tua acting any different this year? I mean, obviously, he became much more of a dancer, but do you see that confidence already having some sort of impact on what he was able to accomplish with Mike McDaniel?
1: Absolutely. I think you can just see just, I guess his whole presence on the field last year, you know, from being named captain to just the way he goes out there and presents himself. I mean, you could tell from all those sound bites that we saw, you know, this was just a completely different to a confident to a, you know, a tour that we all saw back at Alabama, right? I mean, he looked like he was, um, in control of everything, you know, he kind of did a little Steph Curry thing, fate, like step back, keeping his hand up in the air when he's throwing touchdown passes. He just went out there and balled. So I definitely think the confidence was there. And, um, I guess, I don't know if we're going to talk about it, but can we all admit that we're a little bit more comfortable? You know, we know Tua hit his health, we know he might miss some games, but last season, our biggest thing was that backup quarterback position. And we all got to feel pretty good about what we hear from Mike White. And again, what we saw from Mike White, because it wasn't too long ago, the Jets fans were, you know, uh, selling t-shirts with Mike White's face on it and stuff like that. So um, I think, you know, Tua needs to stay healthy. We want to see him stay healthy. But if for some reason he does go down, I feel a lot more confident in what Mike White can bring to this offense. And, I guess what Teddy Bridgewater did, but you know, last year at this time, I might've thought Teddy Bridgewater was going to be just fine. And uh, I have egg on my face for that one.
0: Uh, To this day, to this day, nothing makes like, I try so hard to like stay professional and not like hate on players. Like I understand football is hard. It's a job to this day. Nothing annoys me more than just seeing Teddy Bridgewater smiling on the sidelines, laughing with someone as Skylar's like limping off the field. And you can just obviously tell he's like, I'm not going in. You kidding me. It's definitely this guy That has always bothered me. Um, Merrick, what are the odds Mike White uh, loses that backup job to Skylar Thompson? Is that in the crystal ball at all? I suppose
2: that, sure. I I would I would say that that's a possibility only because Skylar has one year in the system, one year under Coach McDaniel. McDaniel seems like a really loyal dude. Like he seems like he loves his players. His players love him, and you can't discount the fact that Skylar. Played a year for Mike McDaniel, but also started a playoff game and didn't play great, but got his team in a position where they could have tied the game, possibly drove in to win the game late, um, you know, and that's something, but he was a seventh round quarterback for a reason. Mike White had success for the Jets, uh, in some games, some games, he wasn't that great either. Um, but we'll see. And he'll have an entire offseason with with Coach McDaniel as well. And he comes from a system that even he said is very similar to what Mike McDaniel likes to run, playing uh, in the floor system as well, which is an offshoot of the Shanahan system. So uh, he's got a little experience. And and I do think at the end of the day, it will be Mike White uh, backing up to it. But I suppose there's at least a chance that it could end up being Skyler.
0: And I think there's kind of this idea about backup quarterbacks, our, our expectations with them. You know, you kind of your your goal is if some, he has to come in for half a game, if he has to come in for a drive, a game game and a half maybe, and you can just make it work. Because once you go a little farther than that, defenses can scheme to your weaknesses, right? You are a backup quarterback, and that's okay. That's kind of a situation you're in. Josh, they kept three quarterbacks last year. Did Skyler prove anything negatively that like they shouldn't keep three quarterbacks this year?
1: I, yeah, I, I don't know. That's why I was kind of trying to figure out when Merrick was sitting there talking, you know, because where do you give up, a, you know, a space on the roster to keep, to keep three quarterbacks? And at this point, I think Skyler probably showed enough that, you know, he would get poached by another team, perhaps. But um, yeah, I, I think that that's going to be a decision that the Dolphins are going to have to make, you know, as we get further into the um, as we get further along into training camp, the one question I want to pose to you guys, not to get too sidetracked, but how much of a difference do you think it's going to be, you know, having Jalen Ramsey on the opposite side of that defense, having Vic Fangio every week, you know, game planning to try to stop you in practice. I mean, um, nothing against Josh Boyer. And, you know, we had some decent pieces on defense, but it just seems like, um, you know, those battles, like we mentioned, Jake, in the last pod, you know, in training camp, seeing Tua, you know, try to attack that defense. It has to, you know, do immense things to him, right? And preparing him for the season and what some of those defenses might throw at
2: him. Do you guys agree? You start, I do agree. Yeah, and you were talking about this house. Um, Last year when Tua started Fangio, the Chargers, they kind of run what Fangio likes to run. And so if Tua gets to see that Fangio defense all offseason in practice and he gets to, you know, Basically, make mistakes when it doesn't count. Then he'll be better prepared when he faces those defenses again once the regular season starts. So, if he already took the leaps and bounds that he did last offseason and gave us the season that he did last year, and he's able to get even better this offseason and 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 take another leap going into this upcoming year, and he was already. A top five quarterback last year and a top one quarterback in in some statistical categories, then we could see a really, really dangerous quarterback for the Miami Dolphins into a Tonga Loa this upcoming season, and it could be because that old you know cliche iron sharpens iron, uh, and he gets to
0: work against guys like Xavier Howard again, Jalen Ramsey, offensive coordinator Vic Fangio. One more question as we wrap up here on another Dolphins podcast. I want to ask you guys, I think the one thing that might have caught us off guard with this Dolphins offense, I'm going to say was how explosive it was. The whole thing about the system that Mike McDaniel is bringing in, the Kyle Shanahan system, it's the tempo. You're slowing the game down. You're bleeding out the clock. You're throwing the football. Yes, but you're relying on a different way. So when we look at the game script going into next year and this Vic Fangio Ben that don't break defense, it's not the Josh Boyer like, all right, we just gave up a 70 yard touchdown and to you go do the same thing how does having a defensive coordinator that wants to slow things down that doesn't take chances impact Miami's game script when it is you know the middle of third quarter the defense forces a punt you can say Tyreek's down there somewhere but you can also sap seven minutes out of the clock from just running the football and being that just pesky offense that just takes away the clock
1: Yeah, I think it'll be a game changer for sure. And I'm excited to see the way, you know, because I think part of the thing that you like so much about Tua is his relationship with Mike McDaniel. So to have him have that extra time on the sideline, you know, to kind of go over things, see what the defense is presenting themselves. I mean, once that defense kind of lays out the roadmap, I feel like the Dolphins, you know, have been pretty well at attacking things. I thought what you were going to get to, Jake, and one thing I really think that this offense can take advantage of is yak yards. I mean, I think when the Dolphins signed Tyree Kill, you know, everybody was sitting here saying, oh, well, uh, you know, that's why Tua is going to be good this year because of all that yak, and I think they were, what, thirty second, uh, 31st in the league and in, in uh, yards after the catch. So, I mean, if you can add that to what the Dolphins offense already showed last year, add that to, you know, again, like you said, Fangio's defense slowing things down and giving that offense time to get a breather and then maybe even, you know, adding a run game on top of that. I think this offense is going to um, take it to another level and to think about how crazy that might be after what we saw last year. um, It gives you goosebumps and gets you excited, and I just wish it was in uh, March when we could – be prepared for football in the near future
2: finishes off Merrick. I liked what you, you said about uh, your last point, Josh, where you're talking about yak. And I think, uh, I think Mike McDaniel, letting somebody like Trent Sherfield go. Um, he did not average a lot of yards after catch for the Miami dolphins. I think they, they want a little bit more of that from their number three guys. So you bring in a guy like Braxton Berrios, uh who can work underneath while, while waddle and, and Tyreek Welker. So if we can get a Wes Welker in this offense to pair with Tyreek Hill uh, and Jalen Waddle, I think we're going to be looking at a, a pretty potent Miami Dolphins offense in 2023.
0: Gentlemen, we did it! Another Dolphins podcast. Our first Wednesday with Merrick. Wherever you're listening to this show, iTunes, Spotify, you can find us there. But you can also, yeah, Merrick. Wednesdays. I'm not going to lie, your <laughs> your whole thing's been laggy this entire time. But the audio's coming through. That's what's Iowa. important. But you're actually plugged into a potato i'm just gonna i know that's not you guys but i'm I'm going with it <laughs> but we made it we made it through our first wednesdays with barrick as another miami dolphins podcast so thank you thank you thank you everyone for joining us spotify itunes you can find us there you can find my white walls you can find a cam wake poster wiki williams jersey on youtube so check us out there for another dolphins podcast thank you for joining us we'll talk to you next time
3: Miami has a Dolphin, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, number one, Death River, Miami.